Welcome to Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, where we explore the local arts culture in the Lehigh Valley. We'll be doing this through conversations with individual artists, administrators, and organizations. We'll explore all types of mediums with a goal of enriching local art culture. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast. As always, I'm Ben. And I'm Elise. And we're excited to dive right in. So this week, I was able to continue working on the film that myself and Ben Burrington, our guest from a few weeks ago now, um, have started. It's a fun little short film that uh, was inspired by something we saw at the Media Film Festival. Does that film have a title yet? or It is called Totally Off Base. Okay. And... As more comes out about the film, it will make more and more sense. I was going to say, I don't I don't want to pressure you to talk about it if you yes. want it to be more of a surprise. But Yeah, I definitely, because it is a short film, there's not much that I can say without it being a spoiler. Uh, and it's not very narrative. It's almost parody of a couple different television programs, the way that they treat okay. certain subjects. So Okay, very yeah. good. Very, very nice. Yeah. How about yourself? What were you working on? Oh, I am not proud of how little I got done this week. <laughs> um, I had mentioned, I think, last week that I was working on a writing project with some mm. old photographs. So I did get through a couple more of those, but I had so much work stuff this week. Um, we had that. an audio description workshop on Saturday, which was completely virtual. It was so much fun. Everyone oh, that was awesome. involved was really cool. And I learned a lot of new uh skills tips and tricks for audio description so maybe that'll play into our podcast episodes too so definitely it's really fun what is one thing that you learned (laughs) over the weekend that you did not know before so it was more of a tip that um i actually used in writing the description for abby's piece that we're going to talk about in a little bit Mm. um it was making sure you're consistent with how you refer to things so in her piece there is a couch When I originally wrote it, I wrote sofa and then I wrote couch. But learning this tip of consistency and consistent wording, um, I changed it so that they both said sofa. So definitely that was a good tip. (laughs) That is a really good tip. And for those who are unfamiliar or tuning in for the first time, you want to give a really brief catch up on what audio description is? Yes. So audio description is traditionally used um, either in a performing arts setting or a visual arts setting like a museum or a gallery to describe uh, a performance or pieces of art for people who are blind or low vision. Um, In a podcast setting, we have been using it to describe pieces of visual art for our listeners because this is a completely auditory program. So so kind of a fun fun way to bring accessibility and and access into what we're doing on this podcast. Definitely. And it harkens all the way back to our first episode with with Michael. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So if you're interested in learning more about... um, audio description there's lots of resources online american council for the blind has some great web pages and manuals on that so you can learn it yourself or uh check out some some opportunities coming up with the lehigh valley arts council so definitely and through the coming weeks we're going to definitely be diving further and further into that trying to work ourselves on creating the best audio descriptions for our artist pieces that we can yeah so that is super exciting This week, we did not get the chance to go out to an event or a gallery, but we were able to get a few of us that work on the podcast together to actually have an art creating collage night. Yes. So thank you to my group of vaccinated friends who were (laughs) willing to come and hang out for a little bit. Um, Ben and his wife, Elizabeth, who's also our sound engineer, and my cousin Casey and our friend Angie came over and we did a collage night. So I just pulled out. I, I like to do collage work a lot. Um, 
and I save, as you guys saw, the most random junk postcards from trips, uh, magazines, newspaper articles. There's like people's business cards and stuff in there. I love it. Um, but I just pulled out pretty much everything I had, threw it on the table, and everyone came up with something really cool. So what yeah. was yours about? What was your collage about, Ben? I found a lot of really cool pieces that were hand-drawn and were part of a Lehigh Valley sustainability paper. Oh, those booklets that come yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I really like the hand-drawn pictures, and I thought they stood in a very stark contrast to a Monet painting that was part of an art calendar. <laughs> I was going to say, just to be clear, I don't own a Monet painting that's been cut off. <laughs> yes, that that would be that would be a sin. Yeah. <laughs> and then I took a National Parks poster that was also part of a calendar, and I cut that up because it had very similar tones to the drawings that were in the Lehigh Valley Sustainability paper. Hmm. And I was able to kind of mash them together. I found a couple building outlines in some magazines, and I was trying to create this dynamic look between how the way things used to be with wooden structures versus tons and tons of concrete, more more modern architecture. And I thought that they created a unique balance, especially going from the Monet painting with um, this massive picture of a chapel next to these drawings of the Lehigh Valley. Yeah. And you had a text textual element in that too, right? Didn't it say something? It said something at the bottom. Like I timeless don't... timeless tools or yes, tools of it, the trade or something? It was... I believe it was timeless tools. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, nature and. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I like it. About yourself. What were you working on? Yeah. So I, it's not my favorite collage I've ever done, but a couple months, I don't even know what month it is now. <laughs> a couple months <laughs> ago, whenever the election was, um, I had this idea of collecting political mailers because it's something that gets thrown out. It's something that's produced in mass and like, it's just people throw them away without a second thought. So I had posted stuff on Instagram, Facebook, asked my mother, my mother's friends, everyone I know in my neighborhood to save their political mailers for me and then give them to me. And I ended up with way more than I thought I would. And I was going to do this huge collage piece and I got so overwhelmed and then I got so tired with like the election and political news and I didn't feel like working on it anymore. But I still saved them all because why not? Yeah. Um, so I finally I used one thing in my collage. <laughs> um and it was from a political mailer I, I don't know what party it was in favor of or against but it said like he pours gasoline on every fire and it was just the most ridiculously dramatic line to find in yeah. a political mailer it's so <laughs> stupid but i love i don't love but the propaganda behind political mailers fascinates me oh my goodness yeah because it's it's so hilarious and it's so outlandish and the people that come up with those honest to god are artists in their own right you see the worst of everybody in political mailers the best one <laughs> was i won't name names a local representative uh with puppet strings attached to her arms and like like that photoshop job come on that's oh amazing. my goodness yeah <laughs> yeah you so ridiculous you showed all of us you were like, w look at this piece who created oh, this yeah there was another one oh with, my gosh uh a another 
to be elected local official uh, with her head as the top of a chess piece. And there's like a hand grabbing that. Anyways, I've seen better Photoshop jobs than the one featured on that one. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's just so <laughs> hilarious. And like, if you saw that in the mail, I, I wonder, like, would people give it a second look? And true, I don't know. And then there was um, one of my mother's friends had sent over a bunch from Texas. And there was some really good stuff in there, too. Oh, yeah. Getting but, in a cattle. Yeah, there was a cow, oh this guy in a cowboy hat, and it was like the only thing he knows how to do is wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But anyways, out of all of the hundreds and hundreds of political mailers sitting in my studio cabinet, um, I used one text line from that paired with uh, a clip out of a couple from a short story in a magazine from the 1940s called Personal Romance Magazine, which is a very uh, sexist, outdated... <laughs> <laughs> magazine that features um a lot of tips and tricks for women on how they need to present themselves in society and how to get a man and all that kind of stuff um but there was like a short story in there written with this couple and he was like grabbing her arm and saying like i want to marry you and i'm gonna make everything okay so i cut that text out because i hated it and then i cut the couple out and paired it um and made like this weird collage with like fire and like gas gaslit relationships <laughs> It turned out way deeper than I had originally planned. It, it did. <laughs> the color palette worked amazingly, though. Yeah, I was actually really happy with it. Yeah. I, I just, I said at the beginning of this, I wasn't. But the more that I'm thinking about it, like, it wasn't what I planned to do with any of those materials. But yeah. collage night, <laughs> work with hey, what you got. What happens at collage night goes out everywhere. <laughs> I was going to say, what happens at collage night ends up on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. well this week we are so excited to have abby roscoe on the podcast ben would you like to go ahead and introduce abby i would love to abby roscoe is a painter currently based in eastern pennsylvania she earned her bachelor's in studio art from moravian college in 2015 roscoe was awarded the elizabeth greenshields foundation grant in 2019 she exhibits regionally and in brooklyn as a member of nyc crit club her work is included in several private collections as well as the permanent collection of the Ugly Art Room in Corvallis, Oregon. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So you are familiar with the Bethlehem area, correct? Yes, I am. I went to Moravian College. Go Grahams. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And that was your for your bachelor's degree, right? Mm -hmm. And what was that focused in? Um, that was focused in studio art. Your style, because it is so unique, is it something that you developed because of prompts or projects while you were in school or had you kind of gone into your bachelor's degree into a studio art program with your style like yeah because I, I had been drawing like ever since I could hold a pencil and I've been painting since I was like 10 or 11 at the bomb school of art in Allentown so I just kind of like went into the program with my basically my style <laughs> yeah very cool yeah. very cool and how would you describe your style um, definitely representational for okay. sure. Um, it's not really, it could be realism, but like slightly impressionism. Um, it's been described as magical realism before. I love that term. <laughs> that is so cool. I really do like that. Yeah. Where do you, do you, do you identify with that term for your artwork? Like magical, magical I realism, do, but magic, I don't know. It's a little too fantasy driven. I think mm -hmm. I kind of like more of the idea of realism and it's the grittier part of it yeah that makes sense 
something, a common theme across all of your paintings that I've noticed and something I really like is the background is very abstract, very much that kind of like representational. And then the more that you zero in on the face, it's detailed, like it's really detailed, which is why <laughs> I struggled to, which when you came in, why I asked, what is your style? Because it is representational and then kind of focuses into that more like realistic style which I really just love yeah uh, that's really what drives I guess my studio practice is mm -hmm. just wanting to have that um the combination of the more rendered form with the parts that are really just kind of breaking away mm -hmm. and falling apart or scumbly marks that just leave kind of kind of questionable areas Something that we've um, talked, I think, with every artist that's come in here has been, how do you know when a piece is done? And in my head, with the kind of <laughs> painting I do, like when all of the canvas is covered, then the piece is done, right? But there are definitely spots in your piece that are, it's not covered, but it's it's done. Like you're done yeah. with it. <laughs> so yeah. how, do yeah. you, how do you hit that point? Great question. <laughs> it haunts me every day. Uh, um, I guess it's just feeling um, just a completeness with it when you look at it. You Sometimes you have to look at it upside down or in a mirror or just look at it another day. Hmm. And you're just like, that's, that's where it's going to land, basically. But sometimes you're like, eh, I got to fiddle with that. I see that that needs a little something here. Yeah. Brush it away, maybe a new coat on top, you know. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. So that's I guess definitely where that representational kind of style fits in because it doesn't yeah. doesn't have to exactly match the subject that you're painting. It can it's like right, yeah. it's what I see from Abby's view kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what I'm really trying to push myself towards right now is I'm always trying to remind myself like it's not don't copy the picture. Like there's already mm. a picture. You don't need another picture. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, bringing up the picture. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about your process and how you go from a a blank canvas to what it ends up as. What I did for thesis in Moravian College was um, scenes from um, Hollywood's movie musicals. Oh, very cool. So, and that was my my big thing back then. Still, not as much so, but I. I had gotten this like obsession goes too far, but I just really <laughs> like Judy Garland, right? And I yeah. still do. And I did a bunch of scenes from her movie, The Harvey Girls, from okay. 1946. Yeah, very cool. And um, and from then I've just been trying to figure out, as you know, I mean, as time goes by, it's like, well, you can't just do that forever because that's boring for me. And now I need to decide: Do I want to keep being an artist who does? paintings from old movies or am I going to do paintings from newer movies or like what's the deal right yeah and that's what I've been trying to you know figure out for the past couple of years that's really cool and um so I'm basically just trying to grab onto any subject matter that involves people mainly I like figure in a scene mm. it's my big thing yeah yeah. That's so funny that you mention old movies as an inspiration because when I was looking at, uh, obviously the one is titled Actress, but when I was looking at some of your stuff, I was thinking it really is that kind of like old movie poster style. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, the, like the hand drawn or the hand painted ones that people would do for yeah. old movies. Thank you. 
Yeah. What are some of your favorite movies that you take inspiration from or from the beginning made you decide that this is what you wanted to start painting? Well, I just guess I start with movies that I that I like to begin with. Um, and then I have to decide if you're looking at them scene by scene and you're like, that would just, they're just boring visually. Yeah. So you got to pick like something that has some meaty cinematography Definitely. in it. Recently, um, I stumbled upon a movie called Mikey and Nikki and it was made in the seventies and it was directed by Elaine May, okay. who is a comedian from uh, the earlier part of like the mid 1950s she was on tv with a partner and they did improv on tv oh very cool she's like yeah and she did this like really weird like gangster flick out of nowhere because she's like known to do comedies and i just got kind of obsessed with it and i did all these paintings of the scenes from that movie oh very cool yeah so, but yeah to fun. sum up what i'm saying is i got i basically think of movies that i like and have a bit of an obsession with and then make sure like is there interesting yeah. scenes because i'm trying to go for like um the mood and the atmosphere and the lighting being the the drive definitely in a picture definitely um are you particularly drawn to films that were made post color or do you also enjoy watching black and white and making interpretations of those as well um that was actually the first thing i did with silent movies and this black oh, and white stuff cool. yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah i I love this topic. I went to school as a film and digital media major and uh, <laughs> movies are my element. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's what I always think about like a movie made about an artist, not an artist who makes art. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Was, I was actually just thinking of um, that Van Gogh one that came out that was Loving painted. Vincent? Yes. That was painted oh. by a team of, I think it was, it was a lot of artists um, and they painted frame by frame. And so then yeah. I was kind of thinking like you, I was picturing you sitting there like watching a movie and pausing for the right, yeah. <laughs> for the right frame. That, that's literally what I do. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so are there any movies other than the one that you did for your, th I don't mm -hmm. know if I should say movies or film, Ben. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't want you to Go judge me. <laughs> no, no judgment here on that. I think talkies. <laughs> talkies. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, is there any movie film that other than the one for your thesis that you have painted? I don't want to call it a series, but that you've done maybe quite a few from or that you're really drawn to because of the lighting or because of the mood? Um, I've done not as comprehensively as I did with my thesis, but I did a number of scenes from The Shining. And then I did a couple from Fargo. Last year, I did a couple from Scarface with Okay. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. For our listeners, since we're getting into your pieces, um, I'd love to talk about the pieces that you brought in today. And I'd love to go ahead and read the audio description that we wrote for the one. The larger piece that you brought in, titled Actress by Abby Roscoe, painted this year, 2021. It's oil on paper and it is 16 by 20 inches. This is a representational style piece. The background of this piece is comprised of wide, brushy strokes in a nude color palette of reddish-brown, tan, gold, and a dark mulberry color. The strokes overlap in different patterns but don't quite cover the white underneath. In the center of the painting, a woman with tan and umber-toned skin and short braided hair is sitting on a striped sofa. She is leaning back on the sofa's armrest with her hands clasped together softly at her side. 
She is wearing a long, flowy, cream-colored gown with gold lines draping the skirt. The subject is gazing off to the side and smiling very lightly. Beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what you think. Like, do you think that was that the mood that it captured, the light smiling, the hands softly clasped kind of thing? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Is this oh, yeah. is this piece from a movie? This one actually isn't. It's because okay. um, like I don't want to be you know someone who just works for movies. I'm like, all right, let's see what you can do with um you know from a model from live. Yeah. And, uh, that's where this one is from. I go to it's called the Philosophy House. It's in Phillipsburg. Okay. And um, it's a really great place on weekends. You can go there just for like twenty bucks, and you can draw from um, a model. Huh. Oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of it. I'll go uh, check it out. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's very new and very cool. Do you go there very often or you said it's kind of new? Yeah. It's kind of new. Well, new as in like I think October or November okay. they started and I was going very regularly and now I'm not going as regularly. Yeah. Um, but that's because now I have my own studio in um, Easton. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Did you um, finish the entirety of this piece while you were there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And this is oil. Yeah. So... I, I just kind of started getting into oil paints okay. and something I struggle with is like I'll paint and then I have to let it dry because then the paint starts to mix too much. Mm-hmm. So I, the background is, is brushy and it's kind of thinly veiled in some spaces, but like on her face or on the couch, like, how are you doing that without <laughs> <laughs> stuff blending together? Or the colors overlapping too much. Yeah. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I- <laughs> Um, yeah, you have to paint like a real, that's what I learned. And that's why I kept going and going and going. Cause I, I was really struggling the same way that you're describing mm-hmm. and you just have to learn to paint a different way. Basically, it's not so much layers anymore when you're doing like Prima stuff. It's, you have to just block in areas and then you got to like, let them go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We brought up similarities to both impressionism and realism. Realism famously takes hours and hours and hours, and impressionism is very much so the opposite. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to your speed of painting, where do you tend to fall? Um, fast. fast. I guess on the faster side, I believe, yeah. I also don't really like to return to painting session after session. I, mm-hmm. I, I get like kind of fatigued with Mm. it after a while so i i always try and make sure it's the kind of thing that's more gestural and it can be completed in one or two sessions how often would you say that you do get the chance to paint new pieces i try and like get in the studio like at least i mean i'm in there every day but i mean starting new things about every third day i don't know yeah yeah i know for for modern artists it's it's a juggle to go from (sighs) worrying about social media and payments and shipping out things one day to that taking up more time than actually creating the art itself. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Have you found that to be the case as well? Yeah. I'm really just trying to focus on like, just make the work. Yeah. Just make the work first. Yeah. That's the priority. So when you say your studio, do you have a studio at home? Is there somewhere that you go regularly? Uh, So it's a place that I rent in um, downtown Easton. It's inside of the Masonic building. It's on like, it's on Third Street, but Third Street is like the main one that crosses Northampton. Yeah. Right where the like statue is and mm-hmm. all the restaurants. 
so like centrally located and uh, i have like a it's like 500 square feet and, oh that's awesome yeah nice. it's a nice room and Definitely. that's where i've been doing my work isolation super important for me to mm. be like mm -hmm. as alone as i can be in a yeah. quiet room <laughs> that's so you prefer not to have people like yeah. being down your door. What are you working on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that stuff really interrupts me like yeah. hugely. I'm just like, oh, oh god, I have to start yeah. over again. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of starting over again, how do you decide which pieces as you're going are turning out the way that you'd like them to versus not? If it's going, if it's going smoothly, it's going smoothly, and it ends, and it's good. Those are obviously keepers. Yeah. But the ones where it's like you come in and you're like dreading it and you're like, why? Why am I dreading you? <laughs> I mean, like I'm in, I'm the one in control. Like yeah. this painting can't tell me what to do. So I'm just like, all right, we're either going to, I'm either going to be like, this is the issue and you just scrape it off, start over. Mm. Or you're like, maybe it's just this little area. And yeah. I'm like, I got to like command it and, you know, just kind of, I don't know handle it heard someone put into words is like do you let the painting control you or do you <laughs> control the painting because i i'm very much a rookie and i <laughs> struggle with paintings where i'm i'm like focusing on one spot or i don't like how it looks and i just get so hyper focused <clears throat> yeah. on how something looks and mm -hmm. i get so frustrated and so yeah emotional about it yeah but I'm I, fed up. I've I, had I've had five years of that. I'm just like I'm done. I'm like I'm here to have fun. And if this painting's being bad, I'm like you're gone. Like, <laughs> I love that. Uh, that's a good a good skill to have to be able to just let Definitely. go. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely necessary. Yeah. Especially for those that work fast. Yeah. I mean, if you spend so much time on it, you think about it, and you're like. I could have done two or three more pieces in the time <laughs> yeah, that it took me to do this right exactly. now. Exactly. And I'm still not happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> do you, Ben, do you ever run into that problem with like film projects where you just <laughs> you hit a wall and then you decide to throw it out? <laughs> Metaphorically or <laughs> physically like Yes. <laughs> I think for myself I try to avoid that process um by making sure that what I'm working on has been written, rewritten, and perfected in pre-production as much as that it can. Whether that be doing some basic storyboards to make sure that the the pacing is where it needs to be at, whether that's doing run-throughs with actors beforehand to make sure that the scene is playing out how I'd like for it to. Having the right casting is huge for that as well. I mean, 90% of acting is getting the right person to play the role. I mean, Frances McDormand just won Best Actress, for the sixth time in her career, <laughs> for Nomadland. And she killed it. She did. And it's amazing that she has six Oscars now, not necessarily in the same category, but split between actress and supporting actress. But so much of that lies on casting. I mean, she was yeah. the right person to choose for all of those mm -hmm. roles. Yeah. You put somebody else in there, they may have given a good performance, mm -hmm. but you can't get the same humanity that you do no. when you have the right person playing that role. She's amazing. <laughs> she is amazing. <laughs> did you did you see Nomadland? I didn't see that. I would highly yeah. recommend checking yeah. it out. It's very good. It's on Hulu right now. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Yes, I would definitely recommend checking it out. <laughs> but watching. to answer, <laughs> maybe I'll be making a painting too. Oh, <laughs> well, there's there's some really good stuff you could do from there. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But to answer your question, even more so, um, 
the most frustrating points are when you're working on a project for somebody else that didn't do that. Mm. You put your heart and soul into the project and then they ditch it and you never see the end of it. Mm. <laughs> Is that why you don't <laughs> take commissions? <at> these? <laughs> I do. I do. I'm actually working on one right now. Oh, it's, cool. my, um, it's a wedding. Uh, it's a, I don't know how you want to say it. It's their wedding. It's their ceremony. It's a picture mm -hmm. of their ceremony and I'm painting it. So it's very special. I was, I was at it. It was my boyfriend's brother's wedding from uh, last year. Cool. Oh, very it's really cool. beautiful. So I have, I have a question then. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been seeing on TikTok, on Instagram, these artists who have a very, I don't want to say it's super similar to your style, but the concept in which you paint really fast and it's kind of a once and done thing mm -hmm. of live wedding painters. So like you have oh, yeah. a photographer for your wedding, but you mm -hmm. also have someone that flies in who yeah. you like their style, you like their artwork, and they paint the entire wedding during the duration of the wedding. I haven't seen these videos yet, but I have not I've heard either. of it. You've not heard of this. That's is, crazy. This is the coolest concept to me. Yeah. And now that we're talking about your skill with painting something quickly and capturing the mood, I think that's something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That, I have been thinking about something like that. But I'm like, the logistics, I'm like, Ugh. yeah. but it's yeah. like usually at night and it's dark and I have to get like a lamp for my mm. ease. Like, it's like, what? Are, <laughs> how do they do that? How do they do this? And, I know. I'll send you some videos. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> you can copycat off. Really, how really are do. Doing it, but it's yeah, that's such a cool concept. Yeah, I live painting uh, stresses me out, or I shouldn't say stresses me out, intimidates me a little bit. Um, and I think is a, a reason that a lot of painters don't paint like plain air either, is because mm -hmm. if you're going out to try and paint the sunset, like that only lasts fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> or you're going out trying to paint a model, like they're only going to be there for however mm -hmm. long um do you ever get to the point where you like take stuff back home and finish it or you take a photo of something and finish it later yeah i'll do that in fact even with this one i didn't work on it at all afterwards but just in case i'll take pictures of like her mm -hmm. yeah do you so both of these pieces that you brought in are on paper um, yeah do you paint mostly on paper do you do canvas at all um for these things they're like they're studies for me okay not that they're incomplete because that's see, that can be kind of confusing because if you say study it means it's complete and it's finished but it's like i wasn't sure what i was gonna get out of it you know so mm. i would kind of have it on like a more temporal thing like a piece of paper mm. i mean now i have i like to work on canvas and wood panel mm. yeah yeah, I, I don't mean to diminish like working on paper at all because there are plenty of famous, <laughs> famous artworks and amazing artworks that are done on paper. I was just curious because yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I, I'm just trying <laughs> not to. It's kind of like an easy thing that I do because it takes like less time. But yeah, I you know it's like push and pull. You can get the paper out quicker, but then you gotta spend time matting and framing later. You know, yeah, it's like definitely. might as well just yeah. build the frame. <laughs> yeah, I. I love that that idea of a study, which is it's very similar. So I've been doing a series of short videos on Instagram that I've been filming through the viewfinder of a camera of different artists' workspaces. And they're short, eight to ten seconds long, but that's really what they are, is they're they're mm -hmm. studies. I'm not going out of my way to make sure that the lighting is perfect, mm -hmm. to make sure that there's casting or anybody in it. The story is really right what's in it, mm -hmm. right there. How it looks is how it looks. And I'm seeing 
what that is. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. When it comes to your time outside of the studio, outside of creating, what do you do that inspires creativity or makes you want to keep going? Right now I'm working at an elementary school as like an aide. And that's like really opposite of because it's like structured. I don't know if you guys don't remember elementary school, but I'm like, I've dove into first grade for the past <laughs> nine months. And that was like a really structured environment. And like, I have to keep a chart for a certain student and make sure that that student's doing well all day. It's like kind of, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And I just don't know anything. It's like, you just want to like get out and like go do the art. Cause you're just like, you're being kind of like squelched all day. And then you're like, Okay, because the whole time you're like, I can't wait to do this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And then you're out. And then you like you go and do it. And you finally have the time. And it's almost like that the absence of having it makes it so much better. That's yeah. a- another one of our pretty consistent themes is does the art or does the creativity kind of filter into your, I'll use the term, day job? Or is it the other way around where <laughs> they're very separate? <laughs> yeah. And then you go, you go home and you kind of let out all of this creative energy that you've been, been holding in all day. Yeah. That one seems to work better for me. I feel like if I have an unstructured schedule and it's just all art all the time, it's like, then it's not actually happening. Cause then mm. it's just, it's all just I'm meandering. <laughs> I get that. Too much time. Yeah. Yeah, you get a lot of theories of things that you want to do, yeah. and then you don't follow through with any of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So yeah. you work in an elementary school now. That's mm-hmm. pretty recent? or mm-hmm. Yeah. What have you, where else have you worked, or what else have you done kind of since? Um, I have worked as um, an art teacher at the bomb school for a little bit. Um, I've also been working, I worked as like a event center Speaking of weddings, <laughs> I worked as a, a banquet server at Blue in a in Bethlehem oh, okay. for a number of years, and that was a really fun job. Yeah. And then again, COVID happened, and then I that job went away, and then I was like, "What can I do now?" And I was like, "Well, maybe I debating on whether I should go back and get like a teacher certification." So I'm like, "Why don't mm. I try work at elementary school? You know, see what it's like in public school. See if I want to do something like that." And so that's what I've been up to. Yeah, definitely. For money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all it's all part of the process right and they're all all stepping stones to kind of get you get you to the next thing mm-hmm. um for an artist the be all end all like what does success look like for you what is <laughs> like if tomorrow you could have as an artist everything you ever wanted like what would that look like to you i guess <laughs> i guess to have my own space that i own I know that sounds really simple, but I guess, yeah, having my own space that I own and I can make whatever I want and it gets shown and it can be shown anywhere. I don't really have big goal. Like it doesn't, I don't have any specific, like it must be shown across the globe. Like I, it's just <laughs> wherever it can be shown and to have my own space and do whatever I want in it, you know? That's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Are there um, gallery spaces or... Um, exhibition spaces where you've shown your work over the last few years or um i've shown at the bomb school a number of times um i have a painting in for their art auction coming up um i've shown at the bethlehem house gallery too i think two or three times well the alternative gallery at the cigar factory the banana factory 
which mm-hmm. is also, oh, that's another one. Yeah. And I would yeah. show there too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That one, obviously. That's a big one. That's like the big hub for Bethlehem is the banana factory it and is. Arts Quest. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the Mecca, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> trying to think of anything else. <laughs> well, there's also the artist establishment, which is in Fountain Hill. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great place. I, I love that place. Yeah. <laughs> that place is so close to my heart. Ellen yeah. and Tom are so yeah. amazing. <laughs> Do you, um, have you taught there or taken classes there? Um, yeah, I have done, they did figure drawing and I went there a few times for that and they have, um, a printmaking class and I tried doing some new printmaking stuff there. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. That's, um, that's like a really fun space to create in just because it's very low key. There always seems to be artists like milling in and out of there, Yeah, but then they also have I don't know how to phrase more community based classes where you like you can come in and just jump on a pottery wheel even though it's your first time mm-hmm. doing it and it's, yeah. it's so much fun but that's awesome did what what kind of uh printmaking stuff did you make while you were um it was just like an intro to printmaking um which somehow I missed taking printmaking classes at Moravian I think I was more involved with like photography with mm. the painting and drawing classes I somehow skipped printmakings and i just wanted to like get like a little um just get my feet wet on that like it was just intro stuff yeah yeah Yeah. so that's funny that you mentioned photography because i wanted to ask since you are painting a lot of stuff that's from movies Mm -hmm. you're very focused on lighting is photography an interest to you is that something that you kind of (laughs) yeah i did like a lot of amateur photography like from really young my dad had uh had me using cameras and i just go around and take pictures of animals and stuff i live in like the woods so it's like birds and nature and my cats and (laughs) that kind of thing that's super fun yeah i'm trying to figure out how to uh i don't like i want to be able to take more candid shots of people and places but I really struggle because the lighting is so can be so dim and then the picture's blurry mm. and then it's just like I can't really get like a painting out of this. Again, time is of the essence with mm-hmm. me. So it's like I don't really mm. have time to go walk around and find someone. Yeah. You know, and I kind of, you know, I'd rather just be in my room alone and just work on. Because that's the thing with, there was another part of doing scenes from movies is I did have struggles with like, who do I paint? What do I paint? I know I want to do people. Mm. I like painting people, but like who and why? Mm -hmm. And it was just taking too much time and energy to figure it out. So, and I'm like, I love movies. Yeah. And I love the lighting in movies. So I'm like, let's just eliminate the problem. (laughs) And I'll just take pictures from movies at like every 10 minute mark or at some, because I'm not trying to take like scenes that people will know. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that because that, then I feel like it's just fan art. I mean, like, why would I do, like, when I did paintings from The Shining, it wasn't when the elevator's open and blood's gushing out of them. Like, what? Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I was just choosing scenes that almost seemed like, and there's a couple in the movie where it's like, this could be from anywhere and from any time. I did, the scene that I painted was her coming into the the bedroom of of their hotel room with breakfast. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you can see Jack Nicholson's head in that, in the mirror. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And that is, 
definitely not fan art for The Shining. Yeah, no. They're like, no. I want I want Jack Nicholson's head through the door. That's yeah. Like, that's like, not no. what we're doing here. No. That's immediately no. what I thought of when you said, I do paintings of movie scenes and I did The Shining. I yeah. was like, oh. Him carrying the axe through no. the bar. Yeah. No, and I'm so glad I brought that up. I yeah. forgot. I always forget like what I need to talk about. I'm like, yeah, no, I do not do like things that are like what would be on the movie poster. It's just like stuff. Yeah. That, like, you usually are not even paying attention to. You're, like, it's, like, an in-between moment. That's what hmm. I'm really kind of looking for. Yeah. That's really cool. Thanks. I like that. It Thank adds. You. It does. It adds, like, a candid nature to, yeah. to this otherwise very uncandid and staged mm-hmm stage product that's that's huh. super cool yeah. yeah you're the candid part of it because yeah. you get yeah. to <laughs> you're picking you're picking the most exactly like inconsequential moment yeah. but yeah yeah but obviously the actor or the director they're staging every second of the entire yeah. thing yeah but yeah that's way cool that is super cool <laughs> one of the other things that we talk about a lot is like titling your work mm-hmm. do you title it so people know it's from a movie yeah <laughs> i, I kind of just hint at it um like for my thesis show with the harvey girls the scene the paintings were titled snippets of lyrics from the songs and then for fargo where he's in the car it was titled tan sierra it's funny because when you said i paint for movies and then you brought in this piece titled actress i immediately assumed mm-hmm. it was one from a movie and then yeah. you're like no i painted that and <laughs> in a live model yeah session. yeah because people looked at it and they thought oh she looks like she's on a movie set oh yeah or like an old-fashioned movie set and then um and then i actually found out that she she actually is an actress oh, <laughs> oh very yeah cool. yeah and a model but yeah she's also an actress so it just kind of like worked out that's super cool yeah do we have audio description for the second piece here? I don't, but I would actually love to invite you. It doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to be perfect um, to describe the second piece that you brought in, if you don't mind. It's a smaller piece. I think it's about 8 by 16 inches. It's an oil on paper. There's a figure. It's a, a man sitting, and there's a mostly gray block of uh, paint behind him and then a red block taking up a quarter of the background and (laughs) there's cups or bowls or a toaster or something on the table in front of him and you're really only seeing like a three-quarter view of his head and um, you can see his hands just kind of playing with a cup of water like he doesn't know whether to drink it or not. Um, This is a painting from the Mikey and Nikki movie that I had been describing earlier. The actor is Peter Falk. It's a really weird scene from the movie uh, because it's like a, an in-between thing. Mm. Like what, like if you would describe what was happening in this scene in the movie, you would never really mention what Peter Falk's character is doing. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. it's actually like a very... It's kind of like a very violent scene, but we're seeing what he's doing during the violent scene. If that makes uh-huh. you know what I mean, I I could feel a sense of violence from it. The lighting yeah. feels very Scorsese to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks like something that would be 
from a gangster film, which <laughs> yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Which yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. And Peter Falk's face is <laughs> it's something else to see. And that's a beautiful rendition of it. And he is such uh. a such a photographic face. He does. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, a the, funny way to say he's handsome. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. I think Adam Driver is the same way. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not traditionally handsome, mm, but. Yeah. Unconventional. Yeah. yeah. Unconventionally handsome. Yeah. Yeah. And their, their faces do this weird thing when you get to different lengths of lenses. Is that mm. for most people it like compresses and squishes their faces, and for theirs it does the same thing too. But it adds a completely different sense of character to the way that their face looks altogether. Mm. It's really weird, and what I'm saying can be applied again across the board. But their faces specifically hold this strange magnitude to them. Mm. Um, Francis McDormand's face as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be thrown into that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. I saw this on your Instagram recently, and again, in preparation for getting to speak with you, I've been looking through your Instagram like crazy over the last <laughs> week. Thanks. And I, maybe I just don't watch enough movies, but yeah. I, honest to God, none of them I would have been like, oh, I know that that's from that movie. But now <laughs> that you are saying this, I'm thinking back to ones that I saw on your feed. And yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That's really cool. Cause it's yeah. not, it's not something you advertise because then I think people yeah. would perceive it as fan art. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really don't want it to be that yeah. at all. Um, it's, it's so far, it's just been like a tool for me to, to practice painting and yeah. getting mm-hmm. like that sense of lighting and mood and atmosphere and just that kind of stuff. Um, and also a way for me to find a way to connect with the movies besides just sitting and watching them. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. Going with these candid shots, there's a sense of familiarity Mm. in them. Mm -hmm. Whether you've seen the movie or not, it looks like something that you've seen before, Mm -hmm. um, but in a very candid way. Mm. Is that something that's there from the beginning? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um. That's really cool that you said that because I, that's awesome. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know I was able to do it, but I'm like trying to do that. (laughs) That's awesome. I like the concept of familiarity when you're looking at paintings like this, because immediately what came to mind was there's this account on Instagram called accidentally Wes Anderson. And it's, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it, it's an account where people, and now it's, they've got thousands of thousands of followers and they get like influencer credits to come check yeah. out different places or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's when they look at something, it gives them the feeling of a Wes Anderson movie. So they mm-hmm. take a photo, they post it to Instagram and people connect with it because they could look mm-hmm. at something and say, yeah, that too looks like a Wes Anderson. I also think that, but yeah. would they think that if you saw it in person, is it the way that they do the mm-hmm. framing of it? Is the, uh-huh. is it the, so I, I don't know how I'm, how am I tying this all together where I don't believe your art is fan art and you don't think that your art is fan art and you don't want people to perceive it as that. And I don't want listeners to perceive it as that because I could paint this and it wouldn't look like that. And it wouldn't create that same familiarity of a gangster movie, Mm. but that's what you do. That's like its own art form in itself that you can, I don't want to say recreate, but you're identifying that for someone like Ben, who's seen 
thousands of movies and yeah. he can look at it and go, ah, that feels familiar. Like, uh-huh. what, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> you guys were talking about this happy melancholy feeling and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I see a deep sense of violence somewhere in this <laughs> yeah. image and I can't, again, I can't quite put my placement on it, Yeah, yeah. but it feels yeah. very gangster mythos. And yeah. again, that makes so yeah. much sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are there movies, films on your list that you want to paint from? It can be very like serendipitous. It's like, for instance, uh, the Mikey and Nikki thing. Mm. I, I had no idea that movie even existed. It was just, I happened to be watching TCM and they had, um, it would program on for female directors and they were just kind of running through and they had snippets of all these movies through the 60s, 70s and 80s of, you know, women directors making movies. And they had this like, um, two minute clip from that movie. And I just, I couldn't take my eyes off of the screen. I was like, what is this movie about? It's just these two guys, it's just two guys at night and they're running around Philadelphia. (laughs) And I (laughs) was like, I have to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) that's super cool sometimes you realize oh i'm i think i just really want to paint this picture of al pacino because i love al pacino (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i couldn't help myself i did like a painting or two of him as tony montana with elvira like i just couldn't even help myself yeah i'm like i can't show those but i did it anyway (laughs) i love it oh that's so cool so I, you post a lot of your stuff on Instagram and I wonder if you had taken those two and then thrown them into your Instagram feed, would people start to look at those and be like, is it all from movies or yeah. <laughs> would, I that, don't know. would that be like the, the red yeah. herring in there? That Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I'm, that's the thing is I'm like, well, who, cause I, you're like, does it need to be so strict with a theme? Like if I do scenes from movies does that mean that i must adhere to that forever and it's like obviously not yeah right obviously not so i'm trying to also incorporate um stuff from my real life and also like going to a place and studying from a model and just kind of putting it together and being like whatever it's from it's from everywhere because you can't say that the movies aren't from my life i'm watching them on a tv in my life like Yeah. yeah You know, I'm experiencing them as a person in the here and now. I don't know what it was like to be in the 70s. I have no idea. (laughs) I'm not painting it from that perspective. I'm just painting it as someone from, you know, 2020. (laughs) (laughs) You both have a much different perspective of watching a movie than I think I ever would because you're watching it looking at, can I paint this or not? You're watching it from a filmmaker perspective and mm. sometimes i struggle to get through a movie just <laughs> <laughs> just because i don't connect with the characters i don't connect huh. with the story or whatever yeah. but huh that's kind of funny i hadn't thought about um the framework of like watching different time period movies to experience mm. the time period but mm. you're not really experiencing the t- well you c- i don't know <laughs> if you watch a modern movie about oh, made yeah. about 1970 i guess you're not but if you're watching a movie about 1970 made in 1970, you kind of are. Yeah. What about a film yeah. about 2020 made in 1970? Oh. oh. <laughs> Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was 83. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was it? Back to the Future was yeah. 2015. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was the first year I was in college. And I'll never, ever forget this because um, they. I went to Temple when I first started college. And in the dining hall... 
they had a Back to the Future night set up because it was the date mm-hmm. that Marty McFly gone had gone into the future <laughs> in 2015. And I'll I'll literally never forget that day because it was so bizarre. <laughs> I legitimately so I was in high school at that point and uh-huh. I legitimately skipped high school that day to watch all three. <laughs> That was literally, that was my favorite movie when I was like seven, like six and seven, because yeah. my dad had like you know recorded them on VHS tapes, like, and I would just like pop them in. I would watch those movies every morning. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> so I'm not fun. joking around. I mean it. Like I would watch it every yeah. morning. <laughs> I love it. I think a lot of people have those movies that like. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I know my sister was like really into Finding Nemo. I've watched that movie so many times because she loved it that I can't even yeah. watch it anymore. But yeah. everyone has those. Yeah. They're like comfort comfort movies, I yeah. guess is a good way to put yeah, it. Definitely. But it's like weird because it's not my era. Again, I was born in 1993. So yeah. like yeah. I was not like I was twenty, <laughs> like 15 years past or not 15, but like way past when you would be watching it. It's yeah. like it would be something my brother would have watched. And he's like 10 years older than me. But Yeah. I don't know. I guess I've always, always loved the past. <laughs> <laughs> and movies are such a, a nice way to connect with, connect with that too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cause it's like, how, how else am I supposed to make sense of where I am now? You know, True. unless you're not, I mean, like you kind of have to be looking back. Yeah. And something else um, that we always kind of like to tie in. And I saw you had mentioned in your bio that you have some work in a gallery in Ohio. Mm-hmm. You're be working on some stuff in Brooklyn. Um, in a Ohio. Um, did so, I put the wrong initials? Oh, Oregon. Oh my Oregon. God. Oregon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's let me start that over. <laughs> um, well, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because either you have worked in other areas or you have work exhibited in other areas, mm-hmm. um, but you live in the lehigh valley you operate Mm -hmm. as an artist in the lehigh valley Mm -hmm. and what is the draw to that like why why the lehigh valley why is your studio in easton kind of thing (laughs) um i guess i don't know i guess i might just be like a homebody kind of person i was born here like in allentown and i live in neutropoli and i just i mean i like traveling i do a lot of traveling now um i have an awesome boyfriend who who likes traveling and he like gets me to travel <laughs> but i um i don't know i guess i just really like it's kind of a unique spot for sure like you there's 22 right the highway and it just connects like a string of these three kind of unique pearls <laughs> <laughs> definitely like <laughs> downtown bethlehem easton thing you know yeah. And, like, each town has, like, a different flavor, but they're all kind of struggling. <laughs> but, like, everyone's doing our best. Yeah. 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 So, Abby, if people want to ask you questions, connect with you, buy your work, what is the best way to get in touch with you? Um, I mean, they can just call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, um, my email, um, my Instagram, they can follow me on my Instagram and they can message me there. Um, I'm not really on Facebook very often. I have a f- profile and a page just to have it, but I'm more of a fan of Instagram. I like the image based thing more than definitely the, uh, the whole like blah, blah, blah. This is how I feel today thing. Yeah. And your Instagram handle is at Abby Roscoe, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's at A-B-B-E-Y-R-O-S-K-O. Mm-hmm. Abby with an E. 
How do you have any? I just kind of got a new website up and running. So that's why it's kind of skin and bones right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm working on getting some more work photographed and I'm just going to keep like, it's going to be like a, a portfolio, like a all encompassing thing okay. over time. Yeah. 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 I'd love to, I can't wait until you do that. Cause I'd love to see <laughs> some of your more experimental stuff too. Yeah. And, and, uh, but you get on up there, but that's um, abbyroscoe.com, correct? Mm-hmm. Spelled the same as the Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. Well, Abby, thank you so much for coming on this week. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I love being here. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool serendipitous connection to movies and film. And yeah. I'm so, so happy that, that we got, got into that and got to talk about that. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and that was our conversation with Abby Roscoe. Who would have figured that we'd end up talking with someone who's equally as passionate about film, but in a very different way than I am. I know. That was such a cool surprise. <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, that yeah. was so much fun. Yeah. So yeah. this week, uh, our opportunity for engaging with Arts in the Valley actually comes from Abby herself. She forgot to mention during the recording, but uh, mentioned on her way out that her and her boyfriend host an open mic comedy night on Sunday nights at her studio in Easton. Sign up starts at 8.30. It's $2 to listen or $2 for seven minutes of stand-up. If you're interested, want more information, or are looking to sign up for this event, you can DM Abby at her Instagram, which is at Abby Roscoe, and that's Abby with an E, and uh, just let her know. She said that she is more than willing to give information to whoever's interested. And we have another opportunity for everyone this week. We have the Southside Arts District because they're looking for artists to paint designs on the large downtown flower pots. They are 32 inches tall and 24 inches in diameter and made of iron slash steel with a black matte finish. They recommend using an outdoor slash exterior acrylic or latex paint. So if you're interested, please email your designs to missy at southsideartsdistrict.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast recording here, as always, at Steel Pixel Studios in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I'm Elise. And I'm Ben. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to like the podcast, leave us a review, and follow us both on social media and streaming services. We'll see you next week.